Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Spirit Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. It's good to sit down and record again. I'm doing this episode later than I wanted to because, well, life. I won't get into everything. A a goal I set, though, when I started this podcast was to be consistent. But I have two little kids, and life gets busy sometimes. For me, this is a lesson to have an episode or two in the bank and waiting for if this kind of stuff happens, but I'm learning as I go with creating this podcast. I've received a few messages with great feedback and such kind, encouraging words, and that means the world to me. It really does. I'm not just saying that. Kind words from others goes a long way for me at this stage. It's not always easy to share my voice. When I started looking into astrology, actually, I was a bit shocked to find that that was validated in in my chart. I'll have to get an astrologer on the show one day to really explain this. Side note, to anyone who's curious about astrology but don't know much about it, believe me, it goes way beyond the sun sign. And looking at your own chart can be eye-opening. And it can really help a person uh, see their life from a whole new perspective. For example, Chiron, that's an asteroid, I think, or maybe a minor planet, whatever it is, it represents areas of your life that have felt more difficult than others. It's said to be where the wound lies, wounds carried on from past lives, and it can be really interesting to find where that is in your chart and what it means. I'm no astrologer, but I definitely dabble, and I have Chiron in Gemini, which in a nutshell means... I can find it difficult to speak my truth. People with Chiron and Gemini feel different from others with regard to communication. So you could see why I kind of work against myself at times when it comes to putting out a podcast. One of my inner voices, the little one who's quite a jackass at times, tells me nobody wants to hear it or other bullshit stories that are limiting. But I'm pushing through and healing that shit. I firmly believe that having power over our minds is important. Our thoughts contribute to our reality. And I'm a big advocate of pushing past those limiting beliefs and little voices that say, you can't do this. It's not to say it'll ever go away. Just the way I try to look at it is that little gremlin can sit in the back seat of the bus as my real self takes the wheel. You know what I mean? What a world it would be if more people knew their own personal magic and were empowered and aligned with their highest self. If there's anyone listening who has something you want to do and you aren't doing it because of limiting beliefs, push past that little gremlin in your mind who throws shade. A wound that is healed forms a scar, and that scarred part is even stronger than the skin around it. Heal your wounds. Overcome limiting beliefs. Go out there and get what it is you want. Ooh, I just got shivers. I'm talking to myself as much as I am to anybody else. And that was a bit of a rant, but (laughs) maybe somebody needed to hear it. I want to get to the topic of the day because it's a big one. Spirit guides. 
This could seriously lead to part two because what I have to say certainly can't be contained in one episode, <laughs> especially on this topic. I love talking guides. Please note, this is my personal belief and philosophy. I've developed these beliefs based on books I've read, other people's ideas, and most importantly, from the relationship with my own guide. So what I'll talk about is what I have come to understand over the years, probably decades really, of thinking about this topic. Take what resonates and leave the rest. A big reason why I'm creating this episode is to get you thinking about your guides and get a sense of what feels right for you. I asked people to send me questions about spirit guides and one that was repeated over and over in different ways is how do I connect with my own guide? And the thought of helping people connect to their guide brings me joy. If I can help just even one person form a connection with their spirit guide, I consider that a big accomplishment. I hate to see people giving their power away and just take what a psychic or medium says about their guide without first checking in with themselves. So I'll answer a few of the questions I got for sure, but I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. So let me talk about general philosophy around guides. Everyone comes into this life with a main spirit guide who stays for the duration of our life. There's a whole spirit team behind each human, but I'll mostly stick to the main spirit guide today. Before we incarnate as human beings, we create a soul contract. We set out to learn specific lessons and experience certain things in order for our soul to evolve. Our guide learns this life plan before our soul comes into the human body, and together we enter an agreement that the guide will help us keep to the plan. This guide relationship does not negate free will. Our guides love us deeply. All of spirit does. But when we experience trauma, discomfort, or loss, they don't fix it for us. Because they know we came to earth voluntarily to experience this life. And it's not their job to diminish pain or suffering. Our guide has experienced human lives themselves. Many, many lives in most cases. Part of what factors into a guide choosing us and vice versa is because they've mastered certain lessons and been through specific human experiences that will match well with what we have set out to learn through this incarnation. So everyone has one spirit guide who's with us from before our birth until after our death. There are also other guides who can come in. Some guides have a specialty and help various people within that area. We also can be guided by angels, ascended masters, and even our own loved ones on the other side. All of those who give us guidance, though, it's for a specific purpose or incident, and it can last seconds or years. They don't stay for a lifetime as our main spirit guides do. Personally, as a kid, I was aware of my guide. I just felt him. I felt him quite strongly when I was really young, actually. As years passed, I didn't develop the relationship per se. I knew I had a guide and I thought about philosophy around guides, but it didn't go farther than that. Communicating with or seeing a guide seemed like kind of an obscure concept to me. Then, when I was a young adult, about 23 or so, I had an experience with him that I can still remember clear as day. It's when I first met my guide, well the first time since being in this human body anyway. Let me rewind a bit. 
I had just met my first spiritual teacher. I didn't really know that's what she was at the time, but looking back now, that's exactly what she was to me. I had met her for a brief mediumship reading, and I really liked her. And months later, someone bought me a seat at a meditation class taught by her. It's neat to reflect on this now, because over the years I went to several other classes with her, just at random. I was drawn to her, but I was non-committal. I never signed up for full-on programs she offered, but took mostly meditation classes and things like that from her. It was at this first meditation class that I had this experience with my guide. I had no idea what to expect from this class. It was at the lady's house, and it was actually more of a spirit circle than anything. It was about intuition and meditation. I don't remember much detail of the class leading up to meeting my guide, but I'm sure we did different intuition development stuff. Then, with all of us in a circle, we were going to do a guided meditation. There was about eight women in the class. The teacher put on a CD. It was very soft, meditative music in the background. I have been a meditator on and off throughout life, but I had never done a guided meditation. Was I in for a treat? So the music was playing, and she led us through a very descriptive meditation. I don't know how long it was, but it was not short. After much time getting into a deep meditative state, she got to a part where we could enter a building in which there would be someone from the other side. The building, in my mind, was a little log cabin in the woods. I entered, and there he was, in full technicolor. I knew he was my guide immediately. If I was the most talented wordsmith around, I still wouldn't have words to describe the feeling I had when I entered that room. What I can say is that I was filled with love and it felt like a reunion. I felt so seen. I felt like he knew me better than anyone I've ever encountered in my life. It felt like he knew me better than I knew me. And I knew him as well. He felt like a friend. I was so overwhelmed with love that I could not hold back the tears. They just came pouring out. Being with my guide felt like home. That experience will always stick with me and I'm so grateful I got to have that. I was very young at the time. I haven't been that super connected to communicating with my guide all the time. Life happens. My own vibration gets higher and lower. I'm human. I have ego. I have life experiences to go through. I still knew him better than I had before and felt him around me, but I didn't see him or hear him on a regular basis. In fact, I've probably only ever seen him four times total. As I've gone through reawakening and dedicated time and practice to spiritual development, I am in touch with my guide more consistently. I know what his energy feels like. I can now detect nuance in his communication. He's quite funny, which I wouldn't have said years ago. I've come to know his personality. And that's what's really neat about guides. They do have personalities. There is a deep love between my guide and myself. That's the thing about the spirit world. They are love. They feel love. They live in the space of love. So that brings me to the question that was asked the most. How do I get to know my spirit guide? Of course, I'll get deep and point out that we all know our spirit guides because we've all met them prior to birth in the spirit world. And, and I remind everyone that there is a veil between our worlds and we as humans have amnesia to the other side for the most part. But on a soul level, we do all know our guides. Knowing that, 
I'll talk about how to meet and getting to know your guide while in this human experience. There are a number of ways to do this. There is no one answer. Most importantly, it's about setting intention. We are sovereign beings and we have free will. So if you go about life knowing you have a guide and don't intend to connect, then so it is. If you do want to develop a relationship with your guide, then you need to let that be known. Tell your guide or the universe or God, whatever feels right, that you'd like to know your guide. Try not to be pressured about it. Just allow what comes. Connecting with the world beyond never happens in a state of resistance. And developing a relationship and knowing how to communicate with your guide certainly takes time. But how do you become aware in the first place? Set the intention. That's the easy first step. Another thing to note is you need to get to know your own energy. This is an important part of developing psychic skills, intuition, mediumship, empath abilities. To get good at anything beyond the five senses, including knowing your guides, you need to know what your own energy feels like so that you can tell a difference when you detect a difference in energy. As you become more aware and more familiar with yourself, you can easily know when something isn't yours. So you get to know your own energy by being alone, spending time with yourself. You can do things like journal, meditate, go for walks by yourself, sit in silence, sit in the power. Sitting in the power is a whole thing and it will be brought up in future episodes for sure, but essentially it means sitting alone and building up your energy. Feel your energy building and building until it's big and powerful. Sitting in the power is a fantastic tool for anyone to use to be aligned with their highest self. Once you understand and know your own energy well, it's much easier to get to know a guide. So you've set the intention and are open to what comes. Now you can ask your guide to come through. It can come through in so many ways. Meditation, automatic writing, oracle or tarot cards, scrying, dreams, or simply by just asking questions and see what you get claircognizantly. For most people, this is very subtle at first. You get a little impression of something that's from outside of yourself. It could be a feeling, a scent, a touch, whatever it is, you know it isn't yours because you know your own energy. Trust what's coming through. That's a hard part for people, maybe a lot of people. Do your best. Whatever comes, trust it. The last thing you want to do is ask the universe to get to know your guide, then you get a little something and push it away because you aren't trusting that you're connecting. Remember from the first episode of this show, everyone has these abilities. Guides can make themselves known through signs. Mine brings me hawks. I know it's him who shows me hawks because I know his energy well now. So as you do these little exercises, you get to know uh, more reference points. The connection builds. The, the more you do this, the easier it is to detect them. You get a momentum going. And before you know it, you can feel your guide whenever you'd like. You can tune into them and their energy at will. Now, if you feel like you aren't getting much and you're starting to get frustrated with it, be easy on yourself. Remember what I said, you need to allow it to come. Frustration and defeat are low vibration energies and you won't get anything like that. In order to connect to the other side in any way, 
It should be from a place of love and grace. That means having grace with yourself as well. If you feel like you aren't detecting your guide, get really general. Sit down or walk or whatever you do. Make sure you're able to focus and and make sure you've set the intention of getting to know them. Just ask for a color or a feeling or a place. Writing down what comes to you can be helpful. Continue to build on that. Don't get discouraged. If you sit for 30 minutes and all you get is the color pink, that's something. Feel into what that color means to you or how it makes you feel. Okay, I'm going to pull out the questions that I got from Instagram and Facebook. Someone asked, can guides be your ancestors? You can definitely have ancestors who help you out, give you guidance, but our main spirit guides usually are not ancestors. Ancestors, that's a really powerful topic. I would love to get somebody on to talk about ancestors and lineage from a spiritual standpoint. But in my own experience and from what I understand about guides, they're typically not ancestors. They are certainly nobody you've ever met because they are guiding you from the other side for the whole duration of your life. So here's another question. Do we pick our guides or do they pick us? That is an interesting question and I've always said that it's mutual. The guide is a match to what we want to learn in life and they have been through similar situations, um, they've had similar soul contracts and they're a match to us. And remember, the other side is love, love, love. So it's not like we're assigned a soul who isn't a match to our energy, it's all symbiotic. Okay, when do we bring in our guides over our angels? Oh, angels, love the topic of angels. And I will get there on the podcast one day for sure. I believe everyone has angels on their spirit team. They are different from guides. You can work with angels and guides simultaneously. Angels do have the ability to step in and help or fix or intervene, whereas guides, that's not their place. I personally think that if we want help from an angel, we have to ask. Again, we're all sovereign and If we don't ask an angel to step in, they don't. You don't ever really need to call in your spirit guide. They're always aware of you and your path. I hope that quick answer helps a bit. Definitely more on angels to come. Okay, next. Another one about angels. Do our guides protect us like the angels do? Okay. I wouldn't say protect is the right word for what spirit guides do. They know our plan, our contract. They know about free will. They definitely know when we're being destructive to ourselves or in a less than optimal situation, but they don't change the course for us. They bring us signs, feelings, and things like that, so we change our own course. And they have such a wide view They understand that we're a soul, not a body, and ultimately we're okay. The average human lifetime likely seems incredibly short on the other side. They know that this is all about learning, and learning often happens in the hard stuff. So I guess the short answer is no. Guides do not protect us like angels do. Next question. How are we assigned guides? Do they choose us? Is it based on past life experiences? So curious. Okay. 
I have touched on most of this already. Yes, our guides have had past life human experiences that match well with our own experiences. Maybe the word assigned works, but it isn't like a forceful thing. We love our guides. They love us. The bond is very special. Okay, next question. Is there a maximum number of guides that can be with a single person? Interesting. I haven't thought of that as, as I said, from what I understand from my own guide is that there's only one who stays the duration of our life and at least a little before or after our life. But is there a maximum number of guides a person can have? Probably not. I don't think there's any hard or fast rule on that. I have definitely been around people who have had several guides with them. I have been sitting with a friend and felt like four guides with her. I don't think there's a rule around a number. And definitely when we get into the whole spirit team, team is the word used for a reason. There's a bunch of spirit behind every human person. Hope that helps. Okay, are there bad spirit guides? Short answer, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> The spirit world is love and loving energy. This is kind of actually a big topic, and I'll be talking about that more in other episodes. Um, yeah, more to come on that. There is no bad spirit guides, though. There are no bad spirits. Okay, next one. Is it true that even if we can't feel spirit guides, they watch us? Do they follow us everywhere we go? <laughs> this is funny. I... <laughs> I think a lot of people wonder this. When I was a kid, I would often wonder if ghosts or other spirit beings were seeing me, like if I'm in the bathroom or shower or whatever. It's not like that. Guides don't sit there and watch us. It goes beyond kind of what we can comprehend for the most part, but for sure, they don't float there or sit there watching us all day. They have other ways of knowing without watching. Also, on the other side, time doesn't really work the same way it does here. Our lifetime can be a blink over there. Nope, guides are not always watching us, but they are aware of us and our path. <laughs> okay, can our ancestors be our guides or can they be someone who had a past life connection with? Ooh, okay, so I talked about ancestors, but have we had a past life with a guide? Okay. In my everyday life, I often speak hyperbolically. And so my, my reaction is to say a person never has a past life connection with their guide. But that doesn't quite feel right as, I, as I'm feeling into this because anything is possible. So let's just say it's rare. Uh, hmm. I'll talk about soul groups, soulmates, and twin flames at some point in another episode, but just quickly, soul groups recycle together. Isn't that a cool thing to think about? So what I'm saying is a bunch of souls who you know, will know, or have known have lived another lifetime at the same time as you. For example, I have a cousin who I've been in so many lives with. He's in my soul group. Um... 
It's nuts. All, all kinds of different relationships. In some past lives, we barely knew each other, but, but we are always incarnated at the same time, part of the same soul group. This time, he happens to be my cousin. That's just one example. Our, our soul groups are huge. Um, many, many people in your life now are in your soul group. You've been with them before. So because there's such thing as soul groups, it makes it less likely to have a guide we have had in past lives. Also, um, think about someone with a personal connection with you not saving you from falling in a pit or whatever. <laughs> Remember, spirit guides don't step in and save us from, from things. So for it to be uh, a soul with a connection from a past life, mm, that's highly unlikely. Not impossible but highly unlikely, I'd say. Rare. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. I think this is the last one. What are the ways our guides communicate with us? Ooh, guides can communicate with us through music, meditation, signs, symbols, synchronicities, numbers, books, basically you name it. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted questions. That was really, really fun. Um, I'll do this again on some other topic that I feel confident about answering questions with. Uh, it was really, really great to connect with you guys in a different way. Um, one more thing about spirit guides, I just wanted to offer up some crystals that can be helpful when you're trying to connect with your guides. I love crystals. Um, I've always had crystals around the house, more so like beautiful little trinkets, but lately I've been getting more and more into using them for purpose of connecting spiritually or as an aid to my spiritual development. So some crystals that can help you connect to your spirit guides. I, I like to think of the higher chakra colors and ones that are um, uh, linked to the upper chakras, the crown chakra, the third eye chakra. So here are some that can be helpful. Angelite, that kind of makes sense, right? Just by the name. Uh, selenite. Selenite is like the mother god of all crystals. I just love selenite. And um, if you're going to start with a crystal, I would start with selenite. Um, celestite and kyanite. And those are all kind of clear whites and blue colors. Also, of course, amethyst is so beautiful to look at and uh, also really helpful with regard to crown chakra and third eye chakra. Um, that is it for today's episode, friends. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. It was a really fun episode for me to do. I really enjoy uh, connecting with you guys on Facebook in the spiritual discussion group. If you're like me, I can't get enough of spiritual discussion. Go there, join the group, ask questions, tell stories, whatever it is. Other members can answer your questions. Basically just open discussion centered around spirituality. I started the group to build an online community for people on the spiritual path and the link I'll put in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I've put those links in the show notes as well. Sharing, liking, following, rating, reviewing this podcast really helps me in the podcasting world. Apple users, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Uh, that's not an Android thing, unfortunately. <laughs> so friends, Thank you very, very much until we meet again. 